Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Good evening, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the program. Now, on with tonight's show. Good evening, everyone. This is Terry from Texas with episode number 15 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Tonight I would like to talk to you about a Civil War battle that took place in a place called Chickamauga. It's in the northwest corner of Georgia. If you go much more out of Georgia, you'll be in Tennessee from this place. Well, this revolved around the 1863 battle for Chattanooga, Tennessee, where the northern forces wanted to capture in order to have a base to jump off for Sherman's march to the sea, among other things. The battle occurred, excuse me, the battle occurred September 19th and 20th of 1863, just two and a half months after the Battle of Gettysburg up in Pennsylvania. It was the first major battle to occur in Georgia. It was the most significant Yankee defeat in the Western Theater and involved the highest number of casualties second only to Gettysburg. Gettysburg had over 50,000 casualties in three days fighting. Chickamauga had over 34,000 casualties in two days fighting. The battle took place between the Army of the Cumberland, led by Major General Rosencrans, and the Confederate Army of Tennessee under General Braxton Bragg. According to historical records, 65,000 Yankee troops and 60,000 Confederate troops clashed in this battle. Braxton Bragg was familiar with the Chickamauga area. He had fought the Cherokee near Chickamauga, leading up to what is called the Trail of Tears, which was the removal of the Indians from the area, Cherokee and other tribes from the area, and them being sent to areas like Oklahoma 
The Trail of Tears cost the natives somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000 lost from starvation and disease during the passage west. Future President James Garfield served at Chickamauga on Rosencrantz's staff, but not to the extent of his later braggings. After becoming president, Garfield was assassinated four months into his term and died three months later, dying on September 19, 1881, the 18th anniversary of the Battle of Chickamauga. During the Battle of Chickamauga, an error in reporting caused a gap in the Yankee lines. On September 20th, the report was that there was a gap in the lines, so in order to fill the lines, orders were given to a troop to fill it, which, since there was no gap to begin with, when they moved the troops over, they created a gap. Lieutenant General James Longstreet of the Confederate Army exploited the error and breached Yankee lines, causing the, the defeat of the Yankees, who withdrew to Chattanooga, thus ending the fight. A new weapon was introduced by the Yankees shortly before Chickamauga, and this weapon was used to good effect in the fight. This weapon was a seven-shot Spencer rifle. It was a lever-action rifle that had a, a magazine loaded through the stock, and all you had to do was lever a new chamber in, cock the rifle, and fire, which was a lot better than the muzzle-loading muskets and rifles that were being used at the time. Later on, Chickamauga was used as a training base for the Spanish-American War, becoming Camp George Henry Thomas, I'm sorry, George H. Thomas, <clears throat> because of, but because of unhealthy conditions, there was a typhoid epidemic, and it caused the deaths of around 400 soldiers, which was more than the combat deaths of the Spanish-American War. Chickamauga became the first National Military Park in 1890, and it served as a template for other parks that were created later, Shiloh, Gettysburg, and one other. Now, I tell you all this to give you a background on the Chickamauga battlefield. It was the second most costly battle of the American Civil War, as far as numbers goes. But there have been reports of an eerie figure seen on the battlefield at night. Some reports have it showing up during the nights of the battle to maneuver among the, the dead and dying on the battlefield. Other reports are more recent. There is a story that is told of a young man who had an encounter with what has been called Green Eyes of Chickamauga. He reports that he was newly dating a girl who lived across the line in Georgia 
from Tennessee. He was from Tennessee. She was from Georgia. And he was going to go see her this particular night, but for whatever reason, luck being luck, his car broke down. So he begged his brother to let him borrow his jalopy truck, which wasn't going to be very impressive to the young girl, but the boy wanted to see her, so he took this truck and, and made the best of what he could. His straight line to his girlfriend was through the Chickamauga battlefield. It was a two-lane road. Park was closed. It had been raining all day. Now, as the rain settled down, it, it turned into a fog, which was very eerie as he drove through the park. He drove through the fog, and there were no other cars on the road but his. Said it was almost impossible to see the road due to the fog, but he had used this shortcut along uh, many times before, so he pretty well knew it. And as he was driving down the road, he noticed what he thought were the headlights of another car coming at him. But instead of being concerned about it, he thought, well, this is just someone else cutting through the park like I do. And his only concern at the time was, I hope they see me because of the fog. He said as the car drew closer, he noticed that the headlights were a strange green color. And having known a few things about cars, he said, I've never seen a car with green headlights. So he began to wonder if they were maybe weather lights, you know, like fog lights of a kind. But he said as the car drew closer, he realized it was unlike any vehicle he'd ever seen before. And it drew closer and it would weave across the line into his lane and then back over into the other lane, which really concerned him because he thought maybe, you know, this person might be intoxicated, so there could be a chance of an accident here. He said the, the lights grew closer and they got brighter and said they bounced up and down, wove from side to side like the car was on springs. So he honked his horn, hoping the driver would see him. But as the car got closer, he swerved, the car swerved close into his lane. So he laid on the horn, really hoping the person would come out of it and see him and pull back over into his lines. But he suddenly saw something. He said there were no beams shooting out of those lights like you would normally see on a headlight. So they just look like two floating orbs. They look like eyes. Said he honked his horn again, but just before they passed, the car suddenly swerved into his lane. He reacted, spinning the wheel the opposite way. My, his truck flew off the road and onto the battlefield grounds. And finally he slammed into a tree and he was knocked out. So when he came to a few moments later, battlefield was silent, no sound of any other cars. It was just the noise of his car having busted the radiator. It was hissing. His headlights were knocked out. And the only thing he could see were stars above.
They looked around and he saw the green lights again, sitting in the darkness, observing him. He watched as the lights floated closer and closer to his vehicle. In the silence, he heard no other car. He said it couldn't be a car that he had seen, but what was it? Suddenly, the lights disappeared. And he was getting frightened for the first time. Who's out there, he called out. No one answered, and he heard a rustling sound against his car. He looked out the window, and in the darkness, he could just make out a large shadowy figure that was circling the car. He thought it was a large man because it walked on two legs. But as his eyes adjusted, he saw that its hair was long right down to the waist. It made a horrible moaning sound, the saddest sound he'd ever heard. Just like that, the figure disappeared. The night was quiet. Is anyone out there, he asked again, but no answer. He reached for the door handle to get out of the car, and then something pounced on the hood of the truck. He looked out of the cracked windshield, and what he saw was no man. It was a beast with long, dirty hair and huge, mangled jaws from which two long, sharp fangs jutted out, and it had two burning green eyes, fueled by some other, otherworldly evil he couldn't quite comprehend. He tried to scream, but he found himself mute, hypnotized by those eyes. And as the creature and I stared at each other in silence, he says, the battlefield began to transform. The darkness gave way to a strange green glow. There was no road, no cars, no monuments. Instead, said he was surrounded by smoke, fire, scorched grass, and the charred remains of warfare. A sickening stench of burning flesh filled his nostrils. At his feet were piles of bodies in blue and gray, drenched in blood. Some were missing arms, others' legs. He said there were heads without bodies, their eyes tight, tightly shut, as if to be afraid of their ultimate fate. And agonizing moans, he said, of the dead and dying. Again, a curtain of darkness fell, and he heard a car horn behind him. And the creature leapt off the hood of the truck and disappeared into the night. And he realized he was back in the truck, no longer on the battlefield. A couple of rangers ran down the hillside to him and said, Are you all right? He said, Did you see that animal that attacked me? The one with the green eyes said the two rangers looked at him strangely. That's a serious bump you got on your head, son. You must be seeing things. But something jumped on my truck, he yelped. I saw it. But the rangers never found evidence of any creature. So even when daylight broke and my truck was towed away, not a single animal print could be found. And I soon gave up my argument about the creature fearing that people would think he was crazy. So, what is green eyes? What could this creature be that was seen around the battlefield and might have caused this young man's accident? According to the legend of old green eyes, there are two stories. 
which may explain who or what Old Green Eyes is. The first one they don't give much much value to simply because it's really kind of standard fare on the battlefield. They say that in this story, Old Green Eyes was a Confederate soldier who had his head taken off by cannon fire. Said he was buried. All that could be found of him was his head because his body had been destroyed. The stories say his spirit now roams the battlefield at night, moaning and searching for his missing body. Visitors and staff members have reported seeing green glowing eyes come toward them in the darkness and heard the sound of a soldier moaning in despair. In the early 70s, two different unrelated people had accidents near the same place in the park, wrecking their cars after reportedly seeing these glowing eyes. Apparently, the young man in the previous story was one of them. The other legend, however, of old green eyes is apparently a much older one and much more unnerving, too. In this case, reliable witnesses have reported the creature to be not a slain soldier, but a beast which barely even resembles a person. The story also states that old green eyes was present at Chickamauga long before the Civil War. Some accounts also claim that the monster was seen moving among the dead at a place called Snodgrass Hill after the battle was over. The reports are that the creature is human-like, although he has glowing green eyes, waist-length light-colored hair, and huge misshapen jaws from which fangs protrude. Obviously, he is not pretty, nor a creature you would want to meet in a secluded area in the park. One of the most notable encounters occurred to a park ranger who described his brush with the creature with an author of ghost stories in a 1981 interview. He said he was walking through the park one night when he was struck by a, train, a strange chill, something like he'd never felt before on the battlefield. A moment later, he saw the creature appear out of the darkness. When it passed me, he said, I could see his hair was long like a woman's. The eyes, I'll never forget those eyes. They were glaring, almost greenish-orange in color, flashing like some sort of wild animal. The teeth were long and pointed like fangs. It was wearing a dark cape that seemed to be flapping in the wind, but there was no wind. I didn't know whether to run or scream or what. Then the headlights of an approaching car came blazing through the fog and the thing disappeared right in front of me. He said, I've seen green eyes. You know he's watching. We all know he's watching us. It's enough to make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. And I'm not a superstitious man. Finally, we take a look at a story that is one of the strangest incidents in the park. Although it's unknown whether it's linked to the supernatural or not, the incident occurred at Wilder Tower. This monument marks the center of the Union lines where the Confederates finally broke through and routed the Federal forces. When Wilder had been commissioned 
the Union Army was so poorly equipped that he bought, I'm sorry, that he, his men were given mules to ride and hatchets for weapons. He used every political favor he could to get horses for his troops, and he used his own money to purchase rifles. Wilder bought each of his men a Spencer rifle that was equipped to hold seven shots. I mentioned that earlier. He purchased 2,100 of them for $13 each. Thanks to these weapons, Wilder's men were able to hold off more than 14,000 Confederates during the retreat. The tower is a stone structure that's dedicated to Colonel Wilder and to the men that served under him because the colonel's mounted infantry armed with those Spencer repeaters managed to hold off the attacking Confederate troops long enough for the Union troops to make a somewhat orderly retreat back to Chattanooga. The tower was erected in, in Wilder's memory by the survivors of the mounted infantry. Souvenirs of the war were sealed into the cornerstone of the structure, which was scheduled to be opened again in 1976. The stone would then be opened to celebrate the bicentennial. Strangely enough, although the stone showed no signs of being disturbed in any way, the contents placed inside in 1903 had vanished. The strange incident took place at the tower in 1970 when a young man decided to climb the tower after dark. Since the park is open at night, the tower is kept locked in order to keep people from going on out onto the observation deck at the top. But this didn't stop the man as he instead climbed the lightning rod which was fixed to the back of the tower. He then slipped into a gun slot which was placed about 14 feet off the ground. He went inside and ran up the steps to the top where he called to his friends who were about 50 feet away drinking beer. Suddenly the young people heard a scream from inside the tower. Panicked, the boy ran down the winding staircase and quickly jumped out of the small window from which he had entered the tower, or so he thought. And instead, he fell about 25 feet onto solid concrete. And although he survived, he was paralyzed for the rest of his life. He was never able to explain what happened at Wilder Tower. That is the story of the Chickamauga Battlefield and Old Green Eyes. If you have any more stories about battlefields, send them to me. I'd like to hear them. We can talk about them. You can send them to me at Terry's Mysterious Moments at Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. That's Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. I'd like to hear from you. I love hearing from the listeners. I like when you write back to me. That's all I have for tonight. So I'm going to say good night for now. Have a good week. Bye.